0: Armored Bear Productions. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to Out of Character, the Not Safe for Wizards Q&A Talk Show. Hello everyone, welcome to Out of Character. I'm Gary, your host, and tonight we're gonna be going over the episode Royal Encounter. Uh and I have Mark and Kayla who play Chase and Jade respectively. Hello guys. Hello! Hello. How you guys been? It's
1: day eight thousand and forty-two of the COVID quarantine. I'm fine.
0: I see you've lost count same as me.
2: Oh, it's what, around day 330-something for my social distancing, and, eh, doing all right. That's incredibly accurate. Holy crap. (laughs) I mean, I know the exact day my employer said, all right, starting tomorrow, you're all working from home. So, pretty easy to track it.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Oh, man, almost a year. Right around the corner. Uh, so, uh, in this episode, uh, we go from having the very heated conversation with Trellis to more civil conversation with the king and queen. Uh, before that, uh, you guys get to meet a uh, member of the uh, Thistle... this uh,
2: Spire family this fire
0: fire fire i you know I'm horrible with names come on yeah that's uh, a tough one
1: that is admittedly a tough one
0: right so this was uh Kimmel this will yeah I guys but I was there too so I don't know why I'm you know, I, I I automatically go into host mode, and it's it's third person at this point for me. Now I was not <laughs> there anymore.
2: <laughs> there is nothing wrong with that at all. But yes, we all met. Uh, I can't remember if it was Kimmel or Kim- I. It was Kimmel. Kimmel. Uh, Spire. Uh, I have it written here.
0: but I can't remember how to pronounce it. Uh, okay, so uh, Kimmel uh, Spire, Palin's brother. Uh, and right away, as soon as as soon as. I heard it. I'm like, oh right, the Thistle Spires. It, it's so great to have the callback back, uh, back yeah. to the very beginning of the adventure.
1: Yeah, that was pretty cool. I had like forgotten that the Thistle Spires existed. You know, <laughs> it feels like a hundred years ago. And he walks, and was like, oh yeah, that's how all this crap got started.
2: Oh, I hadn't forgotten. I missed the Thistle Spires so much. Honestly, I just I missed the atmosphere of Grimsby when we were all young and innocent.
0: I I forgot that we had ran into elves at the very beginning.
2: Oh, yeah. No. Employed by the nouveau riche Thistle Spires.
0: Um, Like, I think I've talked about how everything's, like, kind of all segregated, but, like, Grimsby has some elves in it, uh, but then we've, you know, we've traversed into the work kingdom and now to the elf kingdom and it just feels like so separated from everything else. Uh, I think spe- Gr- okay.
1: Oh, I think Grimsby was a little bit more diverse.
0: Right, right. Exactly. I mean Grimsby was was this diverse melting pot. Um and we've talked about how it, it it is this melting pot and now uh the elf kingdom uh is this kind of uh uh segregated area where you know there's even some uh I'm I'm drawing a blank on the words. Uh I think you like to use the word, uh, Mark, racism over and over again to describe the Queen.
2: And xenophobia.
0: <laughs> xenophobia. That was the word I was looking for, but couldn't quite get there. Uh, so so just, you know, a great, I, I just want to say a great callback and a great uh, kind of hit there. And completely different personality from this Thistle Spire from the other Thistle Spire. Granted, the other Thistle Spire was uh, a generation younger, right?
2: Well, so there were two Thistle Spires that we encountered in Grimsby. There was Lord Thistlespire, the dad, the one who hired us. And then there was his son, the younger one. And the younger one was kind of immature, um, foolish. Could be a word that I wouldn't be uh, wrong to throw out there. But I think that there's a decent amount of similarity between the Thistle Spires, from like a you can see a familiar resemblance in how they talk to us. But at the same time, there is a big difference because Lord Thistle Spire is the head of a house and, you know, major position of stability designed around being, well, a lord. Whereas uh, Kimmel. As an ambassador, when we run into him and he introduces himself and we chat and all that, it's a lot more of a friendly vibe. It's like, I can picture how Kimmel negotiates with Laninor, with the king, with the other ambassadors, kind of, you know, handshaking and baby kissing and all that. And I thought that 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 differed from the Lord Thistlespire who hired us in Grimsby. And in exactly the right way.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of had the feeling that um, almost Kimmel had was was operating from a uh, disadvantage uh, with the king and queen because he was representing Grimsby, even though he was an elf in the elf land. Um, you know, uh, because he was an elf, he he didn't quite have the ability to like stand up. For for himself with the king and queen to some degree. um I might have been reading too much into it there.
2: No, I definitely felt like there was a bit of uh, kind of looking down their nose at him, I would guess, because even though he's an elf, he's representing a largely human kingdom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you said, I, I am very eager to throw out the idea that at the very least the queen is racist.
1: I'm really curious as to what her story is. I feel like there's more, you know, like, I I don't know, because she, her her outward, you know, being racist and being xenophobic and elitist and all of those things and kind of wanting to stick with the elves, um, but then, like, there's a little more.
2: Well, I mean, Lilith but, used the amulet on her. Right, and right, and we got that, like, she didn't want the mine. Like, this week, I've got the tinfoil hat on. I am hardcore conspiracy mode. She is, like, deep in that. And, oh, boy, I would not be surprised if it turns out she's the war maker that we're here trying to find. Or, you know, under the command of the war makers that we're trying to find. Which, that's been my, like, big thing. And I know I talked about it in a recent out of character. But we still haven't found any evidence. Like, everything we have is circumstantial.
0: I know Joe pretty much told me no to this theory, but I still think that she's uh, I still think she's embezzling silver off the top.
2: (laughs) I mean... Her
1: not wanting us to go in the mines, you know, although he was only reading surface thoughts, I feel like there's more to what's in the mines than just... I don't know. There's something... There's a piece missing. Something's... There's a a piece missing there somewhere, you know, and I'm sure we're going to find out real
2: soon.
0: Well, yeah, I I agree. I agree. Um...
2: I was definitely relieved that our interaction with the king and queen went as well as it did, because after the previous session and the potentially disastrous interaction with Trellis, I went into this session and into this social interaction with. More than a little bit of dread. Yeah.
0: I I, I thought you went into the section with a little bit more of a a trigger finger than anything else. You, you, You have been just so ready to kill something.
2: Okay, first of all, no. No? No, absolutely not. I had the strongest, strongest desire to avoid any potential violence in the palace until we have hard evidence and we're not in a position where us pointing a finger is going to get 17 arrows in my back.
1: Yeah, no, I was not looking to start a fight with the king and queen. I wasn't looking to start a fight with Trellis. Like, starting a fight when you're a couple of adventurers in a palace was not the goal.
0: It would be so funny if, like, Start a fight in the palace, though, and then, like, try to teleport out, and somehow, like, magic blanket of, of you know, unable to teleport has been draped over it. And then oh, you have yeah. to do, like, running, you know, exit fighting at your way out through the palace. Um I think that would have been such a fun adventure.
1: Fun is a word we could use for that. I mean, I'm all for, you know, a good fun fight, but there are times when one has to know when to retreat, and when not to start a fight. And we seem to do the opposite. And i wish sure well, I, I, I got it, to it, do it, it that.
0: Would been, it would have all been one long retreat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um no i i think everybody handled it very well no nobody seemed to actually go for a weapon at any time uh which was great even it didn't seem like anybody really offended anybody throughout the whole entire thing Uh, i did enjoy at the very beginning where uh it looked like uh jade was going to steal something off the desk even though Lilith had already stolen something off the desk
1: it wasn't, and I, I think I was misunderstood. I, I don't think I correctly uh, conveyed my intentions there. Yeah, but uh, we all assumed, <laughs> right? You just assumed that you know the rogue's going to steal something, but <laughs> no, that wasn't that wasn't what I was doing at all. It was it was more intelligence gathering than mm-hmm. it was anything else, and kind of just wanting to see like i was kind of just keeping an eye on what he was doing behind his desk and you know i'm a little one i can you know i can be unobtrusive relatively easily um so it was more about espionage than it was about you know straight up theft
2: right Um, and that that was the honest interpretation that i took from it um i wouldn't say nobody got offended the queen offended chase pretty heavily
0: I meant the companions didn't offend anybody.
2: That is true. We were the souls of decency.
0: Who cares if Chase got offended? I care. Well. Um, so, so I, I was thinking about, uh, with, with the whole desk thing, though, that everybody else definitely thought you were going to steal something. But, I understand where you're coming from. That, you know... Sometimes we're just misunderstood.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, like I said, I I don't know that I properly uh, conveyed what I wanted to do. And I should have taken more of an opportunity. In in going back and listening to it uh, today, uh, I should have taken more of an opportunity once Trellis had actually left the bloody room um, (laughs) to, you know, to rifle through drawers and things. But then we were... Uh, a bit preoccupied with uh the thistle spire coming in there um but yeah no the the stealing is not necessarily what jade is about
0: uh, no uh, but um as far as like intelligence gathering you actually did try to uh, get lilith to read uh Kimmel's mind which i thought was good and yeah, uh yeah,
1: that's what i was going for you know is like let's Let's figure out what stuff. And I, I'm glad that uh, Greg picked up on that.
0: Well, Greg actually never uh, read Kimmel's mind.
1: I thought he did.
0: You no, know, everybody everybody made insight checks instead. Ah, um,
1: uh, right. Uh,
0: uh, and everybody kind of passed them, and and you know nothing came out of it. So everybody was like, eh, you know, even Greg made one and and thought, oh, you know, he he looks fine, so I'm not going to do it. Uh so so that was actually. Uh, pretty good because he was going to be running low on charges if he had done it. Um, but uh, because of that, uh, got a bunch of information from Kimmel. The Kimmel seems like a good uh, resource in the castle, at least. You know, nice an Grimsby and whatnot. Uh, and except for, I, I think he's somebody that definitely is going to be scared of the uh, companions, uh, getting all the stories from Grimsby of what they've done. And then uh, the great com- uh, comment of uh, "Don't worry, we're not going to just basically attack the queen." The queen. Um, my thought, like when that happened, was like Kimmel's just thinking, "Wait, was that a possibility?"
2: <laughs> well, I mean, and, and- that's up. That's up to Joe how Kimmel interprets it. Um, I don't think it was intended that way, but.
1: I mean, we have an interesting reputation.
2: <laughs> True, but you—you you guys have never actually attacked any
0: royalty in this world, so no. not with these characters. No, no, no.
1: In we, fact, we're...
2: only saved and faithfully served.
1: Yep. Hence, why we are the Crown Companions.
0: Uh, which you did save. You saved uh, the future king, who was the prince at the time, right? Yeah, you the saved, king
2: of Grimsby. Uh, was the Thistle Spire like a prince or something like that? No, no, he was yeah, just, just the nobles. son of the
0: Lord. He was a noble, though, of some sort, right? Yeah. Um,
2: who, let, let's go through. Who else have you guys saved?
0: Well, we avenged the Marshes. Avenged the Marshes, okay.
2: Yeah, so we avenged the Marsh family, who were close friends of the king, uh, the pr- prior king of Grimsby. We saved the prince. We protected the ambassador, Scarlness on his way back to Velma, um and there was no like strict life-saving in velma but i think we comported ourselves well enough to have a good relationship with both the retiring high king and scarlin should he be elected which he should be elected vote scarlin um, totally that
1: needs to be a shirt
2: <laughs> and then now that we have gotten to leninor uh this is definitely the most tenuous relationship to royalty or nobility that we have had so far
0: Mm -hmm. i don't feel like you guys have done anything wrong here um we haven't
1: yet but if our suspicions are correct we're going to be driving a big old wedge between the king and the queen
0: that that's a good point and and, which was going to be my second question is what dastardly deeds have you guys done um have you done anything or or is it just been all goody (laughs) two-shoes
2: that's gonna sound real awkward but a lot of the dark stuff that got done was done by Orion.
0: This is true. This is like true.
2: water. <laughs> waterboarding the cultist in the dungeon was yeah. all Orion. Yeah. Uh Getting bit by the lycanthrope and having to run off and get the curse removed and go through all that shit was him. Uh, accidentally joining a militant sect of his own religion that was actually plotting treason. All Orion. Man, uh, I miss him. <laughs> I, oh God, I miss Pete and I miss Orion, but Orion really was our group's job. So
0: so this brings me back to a conspiracy that I've, I've brought up a few times. Um, I'm pretty sure Orion's going to come back as, you know, some like evil emperor.
1: (laughs) We're going to find out that he's been the war maker the whole time.
0: I mean, he he he's got the whole fanatic thing going, and now
2: he's a broke. I would <laughs> never forgive Pete.
1: Right? Oh my god!
2: <laughs> like, forget in game. Like th- this would be personal. Pete, you, you it gotta would be do it. amazing! <laughs> but oh man, um, no. And all honestly, I don't think I don't think that that's gonna happen. I don't think it's um, really a possibility. I think that. So we kind of have the advantage of having some in-depth knowledge of what Pete was aiming for when he created Orion. Mm -hmm. Both as like a character concept and kind of a generic idea of the development arc that he was trying to accomplish. And that's just not it. You know, I mean, Pete told me in one of our very first sessions that his generic concept for Orion was inspired in large part by the Punisher uh, from Marvel Comics. And, you know, the Punisher, Frank Castle, is a lot of things, and he's extremely violent. But at the end of the day, he is good alignment. About as far on the chaotic spectrum as you can get, but good alignment.
0: Well, you know, uh, it could be for the greater good.
2: You know, make war good sorry i literally just watched hot fuzz yesterday so
0: there you go you see can make my argument anyway
2: i know you can but it doesn't make you right
0: (laughs) i'm rarely right (laughs) it's all right
1: i don't think any of us are willing to accept orion or pete as as the bad guy no matter what happened like if it
2: in all honesty if it turned out that that was the case it would be amazing I just don't think it is. I don't think I don't think Pete could do it. I think I, oh, think, no, he, no, he I think he I, can do it. I, I 100% think, yeah. think sorry, go ahead. yeah,
1: I have seen Pete pull off some stuff in role playing that is absolutely mind-blowing. He's he's there's a lot underneath that we did not get to see. I mean, Orion was a brilliant character, but like there was more. And I have seen him in, in private, you know, games and uh, some other stuff that we've done together. I have seen
0: him. Whoa. See, I, <laughs> I don't know Pete that well. I only know him from, you know, the few months that I played with him uh, in the 4E game and then the few weeks in the 5E game. So uh, all I know Pete as is this super sweet guy that just, I don't feel like could hurt a fly, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. he never turn. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, spoiler Pete's got a dark side.
0: <laughs> at at
2: gotcha. At this point, it's not a spoiler. He waterboarded somebody in this campaign.
1: That's true. That was a real good glimpse into uh, the creative darkness that Pete has within him.
0: him. <laughs> but that's not him turning on other player characters, that's, that's just him getting his angst out on uh you know NPCs.
1: I have to tell you something. I have never been so touched and and like warm and fuzzies over somebody waterboarding an NPC <laughs> than I was with that because he was he was defending Jaden Chase, you know? And it was like there was this this interesting kind of just juxtaposition of this, this incredibly cruel and violent act because of his deep love for, for Jade and Chase and and what they had been through that was just fucking cool.
2: It was like sometimes, a drama on FX. Sometimes you yeah, playing the, the
0: absolutely evil good character. I, I wanted to say chaotic good character, but we've said it too many times. I think evil good is better here. <laughs> Uh,
1: sadist sadist good
0: sadist good that's a better term (laughs) no more chaotic good it's sadist good from now on
1: (laughs) you know I've been thinking about writing a game like that
0: (laughs) make it happen it'd be great um okay so we can get past Orion I I think I I we'll
1: shut up about Orion Tell me he has to watch this episode.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, Mark, you impressed the king, I think, by uh, asking him for privacy before going over the truly bad that's going on in his kingdom. Uh, so that was a good thing.
2: And... Yeah, it, it seemed like, honestly, just the right move to make. Plus, I didn't really feel like dealing with a hall of random... Upper and lower echelon nobility. Mm-hmm. Like time and a place.
0: Yeah, and, and you guys definitely have this uh great kind of uh mechanic worked out where uh you lay out uh keywords and Lilith goes ahead and uh reads mine so that way can figure out what's going on and uh get the information later on to relay really it all out. Um one thing about the whole entire thing is uh, if like something had happened there, because I, I felt like things could have gone very wrong in that moment, right? Like If, if Lilith had heard that the Queen was a war maker, right? Um, or the King was the war maker, let's just say. And in the middle of the throne room, Lilith reacted poorly. Because think about how Lilith would react to that
2: that that's uh awfully that polite a, way of bringing it up
1: That is a fair point The, I mean, the most shoot from the hip party member
0: right. is <laughs> not
1: chase, and that's the one that has the amulet is uh is an interesting turn of event.
0: right. I mean, uh, I don't think both would have the best poker face in that in that scenario.
2: Yeah. Um, and here's the thing. If Lilith had just handled it even a little bit the wrong way and it had come out, you would have gotten that run and gun fleeing battle. Yeah. Because if Chase, like, if it came out like, oh, yeah, that's totally the Warmaker. I don't know that Chase could have stopped himself from shooting him then and there.
1: No, absolutely, one hundred percent agree. There would have been bullets and daggers flying very quickly. Yeah, well, and, and, a
2: few times chases, kind of hanging on by a thread right now. And, mm-hmm.
0: and, and the two of you are the ones that had the most vengeance for the war makers. Yeah. So right. yeah, and you're you're the two of you are kind of the DPS engines too. Two of the DPS engines. There's too many DPS engines in this group. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I, I think uh, that is one of the flaws that we not intentionally but it's just one of the things that we kind of threw into the game without realizing it and i think part of it is born of uh, you know a couple of people switching characters throughout but also moreover just a lack of pregame communication like nobody but joe really knew what characters we were bringing into the campaign and until we were in the campaign. Well, I I think also 5e
0: kind of allows for a lot of DPS. Um, I I think there's only a few classes that I can't build out a high DPS character in. Uh, I would have to say like Bard.
2: Yeah, and I don't think any of us set out to build specifically a high DPS build. I know Pete 100% didn't because there's no way he would have played a Paladin with his Charisma score if he wanted to be a min-max build. Um, and I just... Honestly, my one experience with 5e before this campaign was a one-shot helping a DM playtest um adventure he had written, and the party got wiped by a TPK about oh, halfway through. Oh, boy. So my one experience was very much the mindset of 5e is going back to the game world mechanics where you can get killed by the village house cat. Uh, so I just didn't we, want to die right off the bat. We, we, almost really, the we One died. thing I set out to was I don't want to die.
0: We almost kind of did die early on. Like I think we I all know. got hit points during that very first skirmish, didn't we?
2: It, it was definitely uh, not our finest moment.
0: Well that's the thing with low level five E characters. Um, and and with with high damage scenarios, you know, I think if things finally start hitting us, we'll start seeing kind of swings where we'll start seeing us going down and them going down and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, what I ended up settling on uh, settling on with Chase was not so much a I want to be a tank. Obviously, I'm never in melee. I was like, you know what? If I'm far enough away and I'm hitting things from range, I'll have less to worry about. So like, my AC is only 14. It's actually remarkably easy to hit me. But I have a pretty decent constitution, so I have a decent number of hit points. And I'm pretty much always 30 to 40 feet away from the nearest bad guy.
0: Yeah. So, un- unless we go up against a uh, slew of archers, you should be all right.
1: Or major spell slingers.
0: Yeah, you know that's that's
1: more what level. I'm looking at. Is eventually we're going to start hitting the hardcore spell slingers, um, well, yeah. and it's.
0: I was going to say, I think you're high enough level as a rogue now that you take half damage to just about everything, and uh, on deck saves you'll take like almost no damage, won't you?
1: She's got some decent stuff when it comes to that. Her stats are not super great, um, but just being a being an elf and or being a halfling and being a rogue uh, and being lightfoot and all of that stuff uh, definitely lessens the damage that she takes. Um, but Jade as a personality uh, tends to tends to run in. She's passionate about what she does. She likes to get up and close and personal. Her you know her daggers are. Uh, you know, her favorite weapons. She's learning to use other things. You know, she likes the tentacle rod, she likes her hook sword and stuff like that. She's learning to use them, but she still also kind of probably gets in closer than she needs to sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I don't know. I don't know where that's going to play. I started, when I made Jade, I, I knew, I started her out young and naive, and I wanted to allow the process of the game to really dictate her growth. And, and really influence, you know, how she grows and how she learns and what she becomes. So it's, it's been a journey. And she's, she's taking some twists and turns right now. She's gone through crisis of faith. She's gone through uh, kind of finding herself as a person, um, you know, finding the, her, her loves and likes and dislikes and things like that. And there's, she's at this cusp of really deciding where she wants to focus her energy as far as, as how she wants to really hone her skills as a fighter. You know, because up until now, she has just kind of, you know, dagger-dagger run in. Um, but I think she's starting to to make some changes with that. So we'll see.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. But yeah, um, with, with the combat, I, I just want to remind you that uh, with your uh uncanny dodge or um so let's call it yeah uncanny dodge uh you only take uh i think half damage uh you use your reaction to take half damage on on an attack against you and then with evasion anything that requires a deck save you can possibly take no damage so you become very uh almost indestructible as a high level rogue eventually <laughs> and so you being able to run in, like you say, you know, rubbing in stabby stabby doesn't, isn't so bad. No, uh, it's
1: not terrible. It's more personality choices. She's, yeah. she's relied on, on, you know, the being lucky and, and the uncanny dodge and things like that. Uh, her sneak attack, you know, and all that stuff. She's, you know, got assassinate and all sorts of stuff that, that make it hard for her to be hit. Uh, and to take damage, but there's more of a, a personality shift.
0: Well, halflings are lucky.
1: <laughs> yes, we are.
0: So I I, I get what you're saying. I, I'm just saying, you know, I I think that uh, even even with it, yeah, you know, you got the personality side of it, but you also have the mechanics are going to work out real well for you as oh, a yeah. rogue. Oh yeah, so, it's got all that right. that stealth and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, I know that uh, last session, we were really looking for the combat. And this session, I don't think was, any of us were expecting the combat after, you know, losing out on Trellis. So, at the end of this session, um, you're almost setting yourself setting us up for, for combat. And I couldn't help but laughing at this, because uh, uh, in um, Kimmel's office, we're like, okay gonna stay in the palace and try to plan an ambush for people trying to ambush us, right? Yeah. And I totally forgot I had my camera on, because I was just sitting there cracking up, listening to this, and Mark, you called <laughs> me out on this, because I was laughing so hard. I couldn't stop laughing. I, I wanted to say something, but I couldn't I couldn't help myself. Um, and I didn't just want to be laughing into the mic, uh, because Vel actually was was thinking, oh, this is a great idea, you know? We're, we're going to draw him in. Anybody who comes after us, you know, because this is Vel's kind of thing, always up for a fight if, if somebody comes at him, but not going to go after the fight, right? Uh, but we'll protect, we'll, you know, do that sort of thing. But as a player character... I'm just thinking, this is a horrible idea. <laughs> I'm like, why would we want to get ambushed? <laughs> Fools rush in. So.
1: I think at this point, I I can't speak for the rest of the party, but for myself, I think that me and Jade, uh, we're getting a little anxious, we're getting a little antsy. We're getting like, okay, we've been on this path for a bit and we're getting teeny tiny bits of information at a time and we are just ready to find these guys already and just take it down. And, you know, we're looking for any way that we can possibly just flush it out.
0: Well, you know, we could... Oh, go ahead.
1: You know, and if it means using ourselves as bait a little bit, um, you know, so be it. But we're really just... this This is very personal. Um, and it's only getting more and more, you know, only getting worse uh, as time goes on. But, uh,
0: that's not a bad idea at all. Um, I was going to say that uh, we could go to Orion's way of doing things and just start waterboarding people.
1: <laughs> Maybe we're not no, that
2: anxious. None not of yet. us are paladins.
1: Yeah, <laughs> this is true.
2: Don't
0: have the uh, forgiveness built in with the church?
1: Yeah, that's it. Forgiveness. We'll go with that
0: sorry i went to catholic school (laughs) as long as you ask for forgiveness you're you're forgiven uh i am a paladin though don't forget that
1: that's right you are you can do the waterboarding
0: but a different you know uh god so
2: i mean orion was a paladin of the god of life (laughs) so i'm confident that you could also waterboard it's a growth industry
0: I, I, I'm confident that Vel would probably be willing to do it in order to get an aberration, so.
2: <laughs> Give him so. the right
1: enemy.
0: There okay. we go.
2: Vel and Chase will get along fine. Um, <laughs> now, go, going back a little bit on that, uh, first of all, in that previous session, combat was the last thing I wanted. I was actually, like, as a person, I got very frustrated with how that session went. Because combat was the last thing I wanted from that session. In my mind, we had ruled Trellis out, and it was time to move on and speak with the king and then move on from there. In character, Chase was at a point where like, okay, well, we ruled we Trellis out. That leaves us down to one potential lead, and that's rough. Um, going back to the whole, like, the plan of staying to get ambushed. In character, made sense to chase. Like uh, Kayla said, you know, the idea of you know getting a little bit antsy with the search and just wanting to draw them out and make something happen makes it worth the risk. Out of character, I honestly just thought it would be entertaining.
0: Yeah, uh, it actually was entertaining. So,
2: like I thought it would have been a super cool thing to have happen and play out. And that's part of the reason I think it would have gone horribly. Just because just, it was so entertaining.
1: Yeah, it it was. It was terribly entertaining, and I just had visions of Nazgul dancing in my head,
0: like. You know. uh, uh, part of part of me was also thinking, like, because um, it, it's never happened. But what if one of whoever was on like watch duty fell asleep by accident, and we got ambushed in the middle of it, or missed the perception roll for somebody sneaking in to try to take us out? Pretty par for the course with us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that would be. Phenomenal.
0: Put, put Lilith on on uh, you know watch duty with the way Greg was rolling. Never see them coming if they snuck snuck in.
1: Yeah, he was fighting his dice that night, wasn't he?
0: Really was.
2: Snuck in, strolled in, whatever.
0: <laughs> uh, I do want to get back to like the queen maybe being a doppelganger because uh, something I've been thinking about with the whole entire idea of you know we. Lil keeps on reading people's minds and kind of dropping thoughts in and whatnot. Um, not dropping thoughts in, but, you know, you, you, you we lead the conversation in one direction and kind of read what's going on. Mm-hmm. But um, re- remember that to read minds only kind of gives you surface thoughts most of the times. And uh, we don't necessarily know, like, whether or not the personality is the personality, Right. It doesn't tell us anything about the personality of the person or whether or not, you know, they're thinking, oh, I got to hide or something like that, necessarily. Uh, Like a doppelganger, I would think, would be completely comfortable still hanging out in uh, the open, even though somebody's saying, well, there's doppelgangers around. I don't think that they would freak out in their mind. I don't know.
1: I, I don't know. I don't know. We haven't tested that yet. I don't think Lilith had the amulet when we, had the, when we found the last one. I don't know if she would be able to feel that or, or hear that right away. I mean, I feel like you would. I feel like that even at surface thoughts, Lilith would get some kind of a hit that something was, was very wrong.
2: I mean, at the very least, I can see Joe you know, making a roll behind the screen to determine how it goes, you know, like what comes out. But in all honesty, like the whole using conversation to kind of prod along is just kind of something that I came up and was like, hey, well, you know, we'll throw this at the wall and see what's next. Yeah. I mean, mechanically speaking, like if you just go straight from the nature of the rules nothing says specifically that it would or wouldn't work uh and i do believe that you are right about doppelgangers in general that you know they inhabit the form they assume fully enough that they're not going to like have a panic attack or something like that but it's more of you know just kind of trying to guide the surface thoughts in such a way that it increases the chance of something meaningful to slip out because otherwise Lilith has to use the amulet and go for a deep dive where the target knows that they are being targeted. And, you know, it's just kind of trying to give whatever little boost we can without making the queen, regardless of whether she is a doppelganger or not, innocent or not, the big bad or not, an excuse to call the guards to kill us. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I I think that makes sense. Yeah, but I, yeah, I mean, I think that there's somewhere in between there. Um, yeah, because in the end,
2: it gave us like our one big clue from the meeting when she reacted to mention of us going into the mines.
0: Right. Not not the mines. Um, almost in panic. So
2: she's so off the bad the mines guy.
0: mines we go. Yep.
2: In for and, her, and, she is so the bad guy. <laughs> well,
0: so so, what's the plan like going into the mo- I mean, I know the plan is to go to the foundry first, and then go to the mines, explore mines, come back up, and then when we come back up to confront her, you know, she's still the queen.
2: Well, I think it largely depends on what kind depends of on what we, find out. we find down there. Yeah, you know, a lot of this is very much us being a party of reacting to events as they come up and kind of formulating our plans on the fly. Yeah,
0: that, that's a good point. I was just thinking, like, how do you overturn a queen, especially a queen that has the king so tightly, has the uh, king so tightly wound around her finger? You know, put
1: uh, the amulet around the king's neck. That's how you do it. If that it takes a and a
2: whole bunch of other stuff. I mean, that's okay.
1: <laughs> if if it well, came to that, if we found out, if we had absolute proof and evidence, and we knew that the queen was the bad guy and we need to get the king on our side, there's nothing that says that we couldn't request a private audience with the king and then use teach him how to use the amulet and use that to give him the proof. That's just my thought. That That would be the direction I would go in.
2: Yeah, my thought's way darker.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: My thoughts, well, I mean, Gary keeps mentioning how cool this run-and-gun fight in the palace would be.
1: <laughs> yes. Just take her Joke. out and watch her turn.
2: Look, if... If it turns out that she is connected to the warmakers makers and is part of the plot that got Chase's father killed, Chase is going to do what he needs to do to end her.
0: Good point. Very good point. Uh, will, will it be the way I've always imagined it? You're just going to walk right into the throne room, pull the gun, and put a bullet right in the skull?
2: I mean, probably.
1: Yeah, I can see it happening.
0: It's, it's like a scene out of a movie, you know? I could just put the production in my... In my head, you know, put some lights up, get a camera.
1: I mean, Chase has done it before. There's no reason he wouldn't do it again.
2: Yeah, you just have to remember right after the trigger gets pulled, you got to switch to a Dutch angle.
0: (laughs) (sighs) You know what? I don't actually know what a Dutch angle is.
2: So a Dutch angle is when the camera is tilted slightly and shoots from a slightly lower angle. So you get this kind of upward look at the scene. That's also kind of twisted askew. Um, If I I can't remember what movie it was, I want to say it was one of the Thor movies had a ton of Dutch angles in it, but it was actually because one of their tripods was broken. So the camera just could only be at Dutch angles. (laughs) That's like, and, and,
0: uh, and they didn't correct it or they didn't realize it as they were doing it. Like, did they just get to post and find that all their footage had a bunch of Dutch angles in it?
2: It's It's a multi-million dollar production. I I don't remember all of the details. I'm confident that that is not the case. I suspect it was more a choice of, um, well, we have this problem: cameras A, B, and C are over here shooting this, and we only have this busted-ass tripod. What I don't get is, you know, after the first day, why didn't they just order another tripod? But, um,. It also may not have been one of the Thor movies. Like I said, I'm kind of going off of a limited dated memory. You know what? People in our audience are going to know, and they're going to tweet us and tell us which movie it was.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: We'll find out Saturday. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so regardless, you know, it's become kind of a common trope in movies. And uh, I, just, I see the idea, like, this: walks in, and you get this kind of broad, silent thing, and the party's with him, and we walk up, and an accusation is made and evidence is requested and Chase draws and shoots and then you get that Dutch angle upward at him as he's just dead-eyeing the king while the bullet goes right for him.
0: And and yeah. afterwards, would you try to explain yourself or is it
2: just run?
1: I don't think we would have to run because if she's a doppelganger, she's gonna turn back into one.
2: Right, but what if she's not a doppelganger? What if she's just a cultist? Well no, okay, then, then-, then
0: we're <laughs> running. <laughs> And I have to run with you at that point because yes. I, I it was uh quite well put, um unfucked at that point. Uh, uh, the <laughs> because... real
2: question becomes what does Vel do going forward from there?
0: Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I, th- I think I have to kill you.
1: <laughs> that's that's uh, a real conundrum for Vel because he'll know the truth. He's gonna be with us the whole time.
2: Yeah. I mean well, well, that is like I if think... Vel knows the truth. But also knows the reason why we are unable to prove it to the king.
0: Yeah. Like, if, if, if I know she's bad, but she's not a doppelganger. Uh, hmm.
1: You're going to have to make some real interesting
0: decisions on the fly. I think I'm going to have to roll a die. <laughs> we shall see.
2: I, I have rolled my share of dice to determine actions Chase takes, and I, I'm here for it. And if the guy indicates you've got to try to kill me, no grudges. I get it. I have a a tiny bit of backstory set up for it. So I think it's going to have a
0: little bit of weight to it, uh, cited in one direction, but, um, but I think it's going to come down to what actually happens in the mines and, uh, how strong evidence is on how loyal I have to be to the elf kingdom. But there is definitely a loyalty factor there.
1: Of it's course, funny how course. we create these, like, hero moments in our heads. Yeah. You know, I, I have a couple for Jade, too. In fact, I have one in particular that I'm just, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the right moment because not only is it just this, like, it would be really cool if this happened, but it's also kind of a reveal in her backstory. And I'm just, like, waiting for the moment, waiting for the moment. Please let that moment happen. But I don't want to be like, Joe, I really want to do this thing. Like, that's cheating. I don't want to do that. You know, I'm just waiting for the right moment.
2: Kayla, can Remember? I just tell you exactly what I'm thinking of right now? Do it. And I will walk up to him and I will say, hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. There you go. <laughs> I mean, Anigo spent years planning that.
1: Right? Yeah.
0: So I was just thinking of also like um, at the very beginning when Joe gave us all connections to each other's characters right yeah um and like it, to just write like little snippets of backstory of things that you want to have appear somewhere in the story based off of those things and then drop drop like a whole bunch of them to joke to eventually uh come up i think um yeah makes sense so that way eventually your backstory stuff can come up
1: yeah, problem is, is that, like, all of that stuff that we created in the beginning, the the NPCs have changed so much that most of the connections and, like, stuff that I had are no longer relevant because those characters aren't here anymore.
0: Oh, well, so... you gotta make no ones up.
1: <laughs> I gotta make new no ones up, exactly.
0: Maybe not connecting characters anymore, but, you know, uh, complete, uh, always editing your backstory.
1: I did add something to my backstory because of something that happened that I kind of, like, sort of retconned. I was like, hey, because of this, can this be true? And Joe was like, yeah, sure. Uh, but I don't want to spoil too much because it's sort of something that's coming up in the next few episodes.
2: Oh, awesome. No spoilers. No spoilers. Um, no, it's like, I when that first came up, I dropped Joe, like, a page and a half, almost two pages of backstory stuff under the impression and assumption that I was going to be more of a background character. But I was still like, here, here's all this stuff. Work with it what you will. And it wasn't until like two weeks ago that either of us realized I had never given Chase's deceased murdered father a name.
0: Yeah. He, He does have a name now, right?
2: Yes, he has a name now. I, I actually fleshed out the backstory a little bit more as well recently. Uh no retconning just kind of oh you know, I never thought about this and what about this and so threw a little bit more stuff to Joe so he's got some more stuff to work with. Never hurts oh. to give your DM ammo. It can only go well for you, right?
0: Absolutely. Uh, I think Joe needs more ammo. Uh well guys, thank you for joining me tonight. I think uh a lot of is in store for us in the mines, so I am looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully, we'll see where it all happens. And uh, just for everybody out there, reminding you to keep those conspiracies coming. <laughs> Have a good night.
2: Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to uh, Out of Character. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or whatever podcatcher you listen to. And if you'd like to be part of the show and ask a question, uh, you can do so on Twitter uh, using the hashtag NSFWOOC. Thanks for listening. We'll be back later.